I also realized I should have said up front, I've been getting really out of breath when talking, and I hope that's not too apparent. I don't think, I mean, I can put this disclaimer in there, but I, I don't think, I don't think it's been bad at all. <laughs> would say, my pregnant friend can't speak coherently. Welcome to I Could Go On. Today, I interview my pregnant friend, Christy. Hi, everyone. I'm Christy Martinez. Um, and I think what's most relevant to know about me as it relates to this conversation is that I love Hallmark Christmas movies. So, Christy, you're going to be talking about Hallmark original Christmas movies, mm-hmm. right? Why did you pick that topic for this podcast when you could pick any topic in the world? That's a good question. Um, I think, you know, I think when you pose this question to me, there's plenty of topics that relate to like my job or my passions or like all these different things that I think are maybe probably more beneficial to society than Hallmark Christmas movies. But I do think I've always really enjoyed media as a form of escape. Um, so like, I like all the trashy TV. Um, my job is pretty hard. <laughs> I like to be able to come home and kind of unplug. And I feel that Hallmark Christmas movies really give you purely the opportunity to unplug, turn your brain off. You know, what's going to happen during them. Um, and you can just kind of enjoy the Christmas cheer. And for our listeners sake, do you want to share what job you have just as sure. a little more clarity? Yeah, I work in, um, anti-poverty, anti-hunger, um, doing national nonprofit strategy for, uh, Feeding America. Am I allowed to say my employer? Hopefully that's okay. <laughs> you would know more than These I would. These are my thoughts, not the thoughts of my employer. <laughs> yeah. And so you're doing really important work. You're having very stressful weeks, I'm sure. Sometimes also really rewarding work. Um, and yeah, so it sounds like you like to come home and enjoy a Hallmark original Christmas movie. How long have you been watching these movies for? Um, I So my family and I started watching, I think, I, I didn't do my research on this, but I do think that lifetime is the og christmas movie like original movie maker um i could be wrong but i would watch christmas movies with my parents like on christmas over like on that day starting probably when i was in high school or college um and then you know kept doing that and i think as hallmark kind of came into its own right added hallmark into the mix and you know lifetime has a lot of drama hallmark is just like here for the wholesome christmas fun um still a fan of lifetime too though and now you know netflix hulu all the networks are kind of i think realizing what a money maker these movies are um and i truly enjoy them all year round like you my husband can attest like on our dvr these movies will stick because they make like 80 a year or like some (laughs) absurd number um they stay on my dvr all year and i'll just you know watch them in april when i'm feeling down yeah, to that point, I, you said they make like 80 a year. I'm pretty sure they do it in the span of like one month, like June. They just crank them out, right? Yeah, I was reading, um, you know, we both watched If Only I, if only I Had Christmas. Was that the title? It's really hard to keep all these very similar titles straight. Yeah, I think that's the name of it. If Only I Had Christmas was the one that you asked me to watch, starring Candace Cameron from Full House. And yeah, Fuller and House. she said that she, this is the hardest job she's had, that the way that they like condense the production of these movies into really short time frames is not easy. (laughs) Thankfully, she's got all that Christmas cheer carrying carrying her along. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's got to be fun for the the cast and crew. Uh, One question I had, so before we get into the weeds about what makes these movies great and what makes you love them compared to other other movies, uh, I wanted you to just kind of tell our listeners what makes a Hallmark Christmas movie? Like, other than being a Christmas movie on the Hallmark Channel, what are some of the staples and tropes? What, like, can you just walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I'll start by saying that I'm, I'm not here to say these movies are great in terms of the, like, cinematic sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So don't don't misconstrue that. 
Um, I think Classo Hallmark is known um, for the family that owns the company is very conservative, very Christian. Um, so these movies are very chaste. They, all their plot lines are like very above board. I think this year for the first time they had a movie where a couple kissed before the last like five minutes of the movie. So like an unmarried couple. They like got caught up in the romance of the moment, kissed in a Christmas tree farm. And that was like, it's 2020. Like that's the barrier that Hallmark is breaking this year, <laughs> among <laughs> some other things. Um, so they're pretty, they're very PG. They're very family friendly. Um, and I think that makes the drama very accessible and easy to predict and very soothing. Like I'm curious at one point you knew in the movie that we watched what the ending was, because for me, it was in the first, I'd say eight minutes. <laughs> Yeah, and to that, the twist you're referring to is the movie we watched, If Only I Had Christmas, is like, she was a PR agent, Cameron, uh, Candace Cameron was, and she was working for a client who was very mysterious. We didn't know who the CEO was, William Austin, the mysterious William Austin, who is this guy? But she gets to work with the VP of Communications, Glenn, uh, whatever his name Goodman. was. Glenn Goodman, yeah, a good Obviously. man. Yeah, and the big twist, of course, which I'm sure everyone knows now, just from hearing the description, is that Glenn Goodman was William Austin. <gasps> yeah, yeah. So I think I knew, I think I was confused. I actually didn't know it was supposed to be a twist. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's how bad twist. I was. There's always yeah. a twist. I thought, I was like, oh, cool. Like he's William Austin. Why, why, isn't, why aren't we seeing him have scenes where he's debating telling her? And I'm like, oh, it's because we're not supposed to know that yet. <laughs> yeah, so that's how I, that's how I felt about it. Um, so there's always a twist. Uh, and it's always very chaste. It sounds like you're saying these movies are more uh, Christian and conservative. They have started straying into yes. know, some more progressive things, right? Like there's been a same-sex uh, couple in one of these movies before, right? Um, some other 2020 hallmarks were the first Hanukkah movie, which, um, to be clear, I haven't watched it yet. It's on my DVR. Um, but it apparently is a movie about a girl who takes a DNA test and finds out she's part Jewish. Like, I don't understand hmm. how that happens in a DNA test, but... Um, so there's now a Hallmark-themed movie. Um, and there is this year for the first time they did a same-sex um, couple. I think there's a movie. I haven't seen this one either yet. There's three main couples, and one of them um, is a same-sex couple, and they're actually played by real-life uh, long-term couple. So hmm. it is, I think, with Netflix and Hulu and these other channels coming out with movies, I don't know if that propelled them to like have to examine their plot lines a little bit more but Netflix I think one of Netflix's first uh, made for Netflix holiday movies featured I, the lead wasn't a it wasn't a same-sex like um, central character but the supporting character like the best friend um, was gay and you're just seeing a lot more diversity in these other movies that I'm sure people are watching I'm curious about of them. the happiest season which is on Hulu mm -hmm. right now is about a same-sex couple and, mm -hmm. and it also stars uh, so Kristen Stewart's one of the leading yep. ladies in that and then Dan Livy uh is the is one of is her best friend in that so that's that seems like a much more progressive model so with hallmark i mean because a couple of years ago they got uh there was a big thing where they did they pulled an ad that featured a same-sex couple or something so hallmark yeah. is not historically great but their movies that was like 2018 like or 2018 or 19 it was not a long time ago so this is almost like reactionary where all everybody they saw blood in the water so like all right we can be the new christmas movie space space and yeah. Hallmark's like all right well, we got to do some quick they, they hired uh, Candace Cameron to do their PR and help do a full 180 for them. Um, yes. And I think, I don't know if you noticed this and if only I had Christmas, but they also got a lot of flack for being very white, which 
no doubt they are. Um, and they've been diversifying their cast over the year. But I thought that this movie in particular did a really funny job of having a very diverse cast, except for the main characters. Like all of the main characters were white. And then like all these peripheral characters were not white. It was like, you don't, this is a C for trying. Every single, every single peripheral character was a person of color. I mean, yes. both of her brothers were in interracial marriages, which is great, but it felt very forced. It felt like yeah. she's, she lives in Kansas City and like, it, it, I don't know. It just seems so yeah. weird that there, it was very tropey, like the black best friend kind of trope. Yeah, um, the first scene where they were all like at her parents' house and those two women were sitting on couches. I was like, what? <laughs> Who are these people? Yeah. It just felt very like they were checking boxes. So a white Christmas is another staple of a Hallmark uh, original movie, you'd say. They So they actually in the past couple of years have done better of having, I'd say what they do have is kind of like all black casts or like cast. It kind of seems like they're making movies maybe for two separate audiences they and they do really successfully so it's not like they're seeing that they're I mean from what I can tell from looking up their ratings um but yeah I think they're still bumbling with their diversity a little bit gotcha what other what are some of the other staples that you'll see like you're watching a movie like what would a typical plot include oh there's some tropes you know um <laughs> I think um there's like a couple big ones and usually it has to do with someone's career either like the woman in the character has been or the main character uh, female lead um is like lose she's a workaholic she's lost herself in her job her family is like so concerned because she's working too much and like can't find love can't find christmas um and or kind of in this kind of workaholic uh category there's some conflicts between like evil corporations threatening small town businesses and there's always some sort of love interest between the corporation and the small town business um or you know people who have to travel for work and end up in a small town and maybe santa claus is like the mayor of the town and they also find love there so there's a lot of themes around work and how it distracts us from the meeting of christmas um i will say i've noticed in the past year or two a more progressive and when I say progressive I like really mean for Hallmark I'm very aware of what I'm saying here um <laughs> but characters where there has been where they'll make a decision to support at the end the female leads job over the male leads like in the past couple of years you knew the woman would always give up her job for love and like they have started to evolve on those plot points a little bit um but that's always kind of tied into the plot somehow is that there's a working woman who needs to sacrifice her career for the sake of Christmas and for the sake of her love. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's, I mean, I, I think that those, what's funny is that these do sound similar to like age-old Christmas stories, like the idea of a work-life balance goes all the way back to Ebenezer Scrooge, you know? Like he was so mm. big into just being an old miser and like, oh, bah humbug. And it's almost like this is the new version of Scrooge in a way, right? These 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 women who don't know how to get past their working lives um, are Scrooges. I don't know. Maybe I'm reaching here. No, I love that. I think that's so, like, I had seen this as such like a, a feminist issue, but I think that that's so true that that actually is a really age old um, holiday tale. Well, We're all being this... distracted from the meaning of the season. And in the, well, I, lo- I did like how in the movie you, you asked me to watch, I was going to say made me watch uh, the, <laughs> the, um, the man, the Glenn Goodman, William Austin character 
was more of the the he was the Grinch, you know. Mm-hmm. He was I don't like I don't want to get to know this charity I help <laughs> like like I just want to stay behind the scenes. I'm just the VP of communications. Nobody wants to hear from me. And and uh, Candace Cameron is so big into like no you you it's Christmas you have to get to know people you have to help people you have to perform in the children's pageant <laughs> you have That's- to be center stage it's Christmas yeah. Yeah. Um, as an aside, the co- big corporate person is always the Grinch. That is like classic Hallmark 101. There's never a corporate person who's not a Grinch, um, which is funny because Hallmark is, I mean, I guess they're family owned, but you know, a pretty large company. So, <laughs> but I did from a nonprofit perspective, I thought that was so silly. Like what nonprofit hires a PR firm to run a charity ball or like a gala? Like it was all very confusing. Honestly, I mean, and hiring someone and then having that be the final outcome. Did you see how empty that gala was? It was like <laughs> half the seats were filled with students in the charity program. Like, where is the money coming in from? Come on, people. Yeah, anyway. they need to be charging more per head and get more people in there. But I yeah. also I did like there were points where like the so did you catch that this was um, a Wizard of Oz reta- retelling? I kind of thought so when she put on the ruby slippers, like, or I'm sorry, the ruby dance shoes, because she broke her stilettos that she'd been wearing around, walking around Connecticut in the winter. Um, <laughs> That's she, a classic Hallmark trope. Okay, yeah, poor shoes. She, so and she broke coat. her shoes and got the, that makes so much sense now. I didn't realize it was Wizard of Oz, but yeah, she helped him get courage. She helped, oh, was it Doctor that got the heart? The um, She learned how to how the heart? Yeah, and that's actually who I was going to bring up, like that character who played kind of the director of, you know, programs or evaluation for this nonprofit had very honest nonprofit views that you don't often see represented in movies or TV. So I actually was cheering her on when she like told this guy, like you gave us a bunch of computers, not even knowing that these kids don't have Wi-Fi access or, you know, she was making a lot of points that I was like, oh, way to go, nonprofit, like lady. I noticed the same thing. I was watching with my mom and she was like, she leaned over at one point. She was like, this is way more progressive than the other Hallmark movies I've seen. I was like, okay. Uh, Neither of us realized it was a Wizard of Oz um, homage. I mean, but it makes perfect sense. He literally says the line, I, I, I didn't want to be the man behind the curtain or something like that. And uh, she says there's no place like home. Her dog's yeah. name is like Bodo or like something that's yeah, not Bobo, Toto. Bobo, <laughs> yeah, Bobo. Yeah, Bobo. Wow. I, yeah, and she's from Kansas. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. That just blew <laughs> my mind. I appreciate this movie so much more now. Do they do things like that in other movies a lot? Are there, are there other referential like um, homages or parodies? Late motifs is a word I, I just so learned. So Candace Cameron Bure is like the queen of Hallmark. This was her one movie this year. Um, and I feel like they gave her, well, she probably had her choice, but I feel like this was kind of a special one. It, this is not, they're usually, you know, when you're making that many movies a year, you're just kind of, I feel like they have a dartboard, have their like main tropes, pick three. <laughs> and they're like, okay, this is this one. Without going too much, because I know that it's hard for listeners who haven't seen this movie to mm-hmm. really appreciate this level of conversation, but I am curious. <laughs> the deal with her losing that award at the start she like did she was nominated for an award she's really happy she's at this party and then she gets an email saying she didn't win the award and she's really sad with like was that to show that her life needed improvement and that was how glenn could help like i didn't understand the the point of that she's supposed to seem like this great pr agent and they start the movie by showing she didn't win this award i didn't understand why i i feel like that kind of kept on coming up throughout and it was to show that like she thought really highly of herself but she's just this girl from kansas like how can she compete with people in New York or California? So I think that's what spurred her to want to take um, the job with Glenn and to want to 
do more and step out of our comfort zone. But in the end, I mean, we're spoiling things, right? We are in spoiling things. We've already spoiled everything. <laughs> people should still, I mean, I want to be clear. People should still go ahead and watch this movie. It's definitely worth it. William um, Ozten. Ozten. <laughs> the charity was Emerald City Readers or whatever. I yep. am, my, my, how did I not <laughs> see this? <laughs> I will say I, I knew that Glenn was Austin before I knew that it was the Wizard of Oz. It was okay. not as obvious to me. <laughs> okay, thank goodness. Good, 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 good. I'm glad. Uh, okay, so then, so I, I will say a few things that my mom noted that she, so I, I, this is what's interesting to me is my mom didn't like this one. She loves Hallmark movies. She was really excited for the chance to watch this one with me. And then she, afterwards, she's like, why did Christy pick this one? I was like, I know, I'm really sad that I like let down Trimmy. Well, you, yeah, but you, you Trimmy, picked one I'm that sorry. you hadn't seen before. It wasn't yes, like this. It, was, yeah. I thought it would be nice for us to both go into it not having seen. When we talked about this earlier in the summer, there was a good campy one that I thought it would be fun for us to talk about. But this one, I kind of wanted us to go in with no expectations. The things that my mom was missing on was that she was there were some tropes that did not happen that she was used to happening. Like mm. she says that usually there's a there's a would be kiss that gets interrupted, which probably oh, has to do with that chastity thing. That happened. When did that happen? I, so I thought that that happened when they were in the. <laughs> So, I mean, to paint a little bit more of a story of the plot, yeah. um, one of the things that this nonprofit does is partner with this tree farm and they are like augmenting the tree farm to make it a little bit more um, cozy for the holidays so that more people shop there and more money goes to the nonprofit. And they add a like Christmas lights maze. And in yep. the Christmas lights maze, they're both in there and they both slam into each other going around the corner. And they definitely like are looking up at each other and there's a moment. Okay. That's so I did notice that moment. I guess I didn't know. I didn't know if that was meant to be the would be kiss, but I guess we'll give it to that. Well, now that they're kissing before the end of the movie, I was like, is this it? Is this just going to happen oh, right now? But yeah. Hallmark's not See, there yet. That's why they did it is because now there's going to be the suspense before you Will wouldn't they expect or anything. They? Yeah. Um, another thing my mom was really missing was the person falling off of a ladder into someone else's <laughs> arms. Is that a trope that you've noticed before? Oh my gosh, it is. In every yeah. scene of this movie where there was a ladder, my mom said, okay, here it is. Go ahead. <laughs> and, and nobody ever climbed the ladder. It was just in the background or, you know. Yeah, there wasn't a good, um, I think one of my favorite things in these movies is how much people decorate for Christmas. And oftentimes one of the themes is often single parents. Um, and they're always widowers. They're never, there's never divorce in Hallmark. Um, but oftentimes you're getting these stories of these like men who live alone or single men and they have garlands over their stoves and they've got like little Christmas trees in their kitchens and in every room of their house. And it is like completely absurd. So there's a lot of scenes that involve decorating. And we kind of got that up front in this movie, um, but not to the same extent. So there wasn't a good decorating scene that I think set us up for her to fall into his arms. Yeah, I think it almost like the movie started too deep into the Christmas season because like <laughs> yes. by the, the first scene, she wakes up. And Bobo or Toto wakes her up and she walks through her house and it looks like she's walking through a Christmas store. Everything yes. is decked. The halls are decked. It is yes. just nuts. Um, so I definitely noticed that. That seemed tropey, but there was no scene where they were actively decorating. Other than, no, they were making garlands at the Christmas tree farm uh, for that big event they were hosting for people. Yeah, they could have done it. They just, I, they must have not had enough time to fit, all, fit in all the tropes with the Wizard of Oz theme. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what it was. They they focused they they sacrificed some of these more standard Christmassy Hallmark tropes for the sake of Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. I bet if I tell my mom about the Wizard of Oz, she'll like this movie way more now. Oh, you're gonna have to let me know how she takes it. She'll probably rewatch it. Uh, okay, I will so say it wasn't one of my like. There are some that I end that end, and I'm like, oh, that's actually I think that's a pretty good movie. Yeah. Um, this one I think was just like kind of a classic 
Hallmark movie. <laughs> Good. So I guess the, I, have a, I have a two-part question for mm-hmm. you. One is, what do you enjoy about these movies more than like what you'd see in a big studio-produced film, like an actual Christmas movie that gets released? Like Last Christmas, Last Christmas came out, and that was a big movie that was in theaters. Um, it was written by, like, I think it was written mm-hmm. by the person who did mm-hmm. Love, actually. And then the second part is, why... What's what about Hallmark compared to now that there is so many more options Netflix, Hulu, Lifetime, or otherwise? Why Hallmark? So I guess those are the two part questions. What makes these movies better, or what makes them different and stand out in your eyes than a big studio movie, and what makes mm-hmm. them different than other made for TV movies? Two good questions. I think as it relates to studio movies, I never saw Last Christmas, and now I feel like that'll be on my to do list this weekend or this week. Um, I love those movies too. Like The Holiday is obviously my favorite Christmas movie. Um, love Actually, like those are great movies. These I think have a little bit of a, like they're not big studio movies. They're made within a week at a on a film set in Canada. The They are simplified, boiled down. You have like the spirit of Christmas and love and like that's what gets you through. Like they're just so kind of pure in that sense. Um, and so I think they're not, I don't think they compare. I kind of think they're two separate genres of, of movies in some ways. Um, and I do, you know, we started talking about to your second point, um, doing this in over the summer of 2019, the world was a very different place. Um, and I have found myself this year, I think either being more critical of these movies or being more open to um, the Netflix, like other movies that are out there. And I'd say I watch them every year, but I think with this pandemic, um, with kind of our national grappling of like systemic racism and kind of the, our conversations as a country have been elevated in a way that I think have changed how we all consume media um, and reflect on how we're consuming things. And I think that has dulled the hallmark shine a little bit for me. Um, but so that has been, I think a new, an aspect of this year I wasn't anticipating. That's a good point. Yeah. Like what we, what, what you mentioned is one of the qualities, like the staples of chastity and uh, mm-hmm. chasteness and, you know, just the kind of the, the Christian conservative. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it, it can make it less enjoyable uh, if you get in your head about it and you think about it as mm-hmm. opposed to just getting lost in the moment if you actually are critical of it, which I don't think they want you to be. <laughs> they want you to just go in. Don't ask questions. Just watch it. It's Christmas. But well, yeah, they I think don't right. ever relate to time. Like there is no 2020, I think, is a year where that this is the most obvious but they've never referenced politics other than like maybe it's a small town mayor who when I watched this year there's two neighboring mayors competing over which town has the most Christmas spirit Um, but they're never really either framing themselves in a specific time they're kind of timeless they could be anywhere they could be doing anything Um, and I think that can be enjoyable but in this year especially in a pandemic when we've all spent the last nine months um, not seeing our loved ones not celebrating things the same way uh, wearing masks to be outside and not going to charity galas. Um, it just, it's almost much, much harder to ignore. And also, I mean, I, I noticed the one thing I kept thinking about watching this movie is that there was a clear attitude and message about what it, like, it was so corporate. It was almost like Reagan era in a ways. Like, it just felt very much like, look, if you work hard, like, they when, when they go to the Christmas tree farm and he's like, I can't keep up with my competitors, our competitors like to host fairs and have big fan things. We like to work just a family-run business. And they say, that doesn't mean, just because you're family-run doesn't mean that you can't reach for that kind of thing. It was like, 
it was very weird that the messages, the emphasis was all about profits and all about how to make yourself the most successful you can be, as opposed to, we talked earlier, like work-life balance and finding a way just to like enjoy the holidays. This, this movie was leaning into like, make enough money and then you can relax. And it was kind of weird in that way. Yeah, in the in that first scene, she like quotes the surrounding tree farms like profit and loss like yeah. margin. <laughs> like, how does she know that? But he doesn't. She just works at the charity. It was mind bottling. Um, okay. Yeah, I think one trope for sure is like a completely unrealistic, unrooted in reality sense of money. Um, people in these movies, one often have careers like Candace. Um, I'm blanking on her name now. I want to call her Dorothy, but I know that that's not what it is. Um, but she had a nice career, but oftentimes you see a lot of these people are journalists or they are um, teachers or they're just careers that we know don't have you rolling in the dough. And they all have these apartments that are massive, beautiful, well-decorated. Like there's no, they're not rooted in reality. Um, and everyone always has what they need. Like there's never, you. everyone's family also has huge, beautiful homes. There's never any struggles unless it's like a part of the plot line. Um, and then in that case, it's like the Christmas spirit kind of rallies together. And in the end, all you need is Christmas spirit and all of you, like all will be provided for, um, which isn't reality. So I think there's kind of more to it. I mean, and I think that I, I would I think that that's that might be what they're going for is they like this escapism almost, you know, mm-hmm, like this mm-hmm. like you can live this dream, this fantasy of having this massive house in this beautiful, beautiful place and or a huge apartment and you don't have a high paying job, but it's fine. It's Christmas. Everything's great. Everything's really merry and bright. There is fake snow everywhere. Um, it's weird, like because I do think that there is that. You, the big things that I noticed having being, having this be my first Hallmark movie mm-hmm. to see is it was definitely low-budget set, low-budget production, low-budget actors. Like, it just felt very cheap and quickly made. Um, it Which had it was. The, yeah, it had the feeling of, like, you know how, like, there's there's movie there's books that are written by, like, really big publishing houses, and then there's the ones that are just by the checkout counter that are clearly quickly thrown out there. And Hallmark feels like it falls into that category, which is, like, we are going to make quantity over quality – but as a result, like you, they're they're counting on you not thinking about it, like criticizing it, like a movie, and more just like get it lost in the idea of it, get lost mm-hmm. in like the in the magic of Christmas and the magic of this oh this this dream state that you could live in, and how mm-hmm. wouldn't, wouldn't that be a fun thing for you to experience? Mm-hmm. I do think it allows you. I mean, they really are all family friendly. Like it's something you can watch with your eight year old kid and your aunt. Like it it allows I think more people to enjoy them in that sense. Who is the, who are their target demographics? Like these movies are on, are they during the day? Like, is it people just wrapping presents with this on the background? Is that what Hallmark's hoping for? Or like, do they air in prime time? Like when do these movies come on the air? I don't have Hallmark. Hallmark is the one reason why we haven't cut our cable cord. Um, <laughs> fortunately, um, though now they're streaming on more platforms. So I told Pat, I was willing to let it go. Um, they do air on primetime. They air Saturday and Sunday nights. They start in October now. Um, so they, yeah, we'll start mid-October airing both new and old movies. Um, and I am definitely going to watch one later while wrapping my Christmas presents. Um, n- not even saying that because you said it, that was my plan for the day. Um, but I'm not actually sure who their um, demographic is. Sometimes I leave Hallmark on and I'll turn it on, um, you know, like over lunch or like during the day if I'm doing some mindless task and I'll turn on the TV and it'll be on. And they have this like four hour talk show during the day that's just like, teaching people how to do Christmas crafts and like make Christmas like ciders. It's truly, it is, I don't know what their demographics look like from a Nielsen perspective, but it is definitely people who are bought into this um, 
you know, idea of like making the holidays as cheery as possible and that you have this all in your control and you can kind of shut out the rest of the world. Well, in that case, then I do think that it's a worthwhile thing. Like everybody deserves that around this time of year. Um, I know that we're almost at time here, but are there any other closing thoughts you want to share with our listeners? Any advice that you want to leave them with? Oh, goodness. Um, no, this has been a very fun conversation. Um, and actually, this is a really random thought, but I was just thinking of it back to you were asking about how these things seem low budget and kind of quickly produced. It's been interesting from an actor perspective, but a lot of actors seem to have found their home at Hallmark, particularly people that started on um, soap operas or uh, like the entire cast of Full House, <laughs> like um, Aunt Becky before her uh, scandals. DJ Stephanie. Um, it, this seems to be a really positive work experience for these actors and they seem to be really in it. I think a lot of them are Christian and that they, they like that they have a job that aligns with their values. Um, but it does seem to be a company that is very, uh, that is doing right by them. You'll start to see the same faces over and over if you really get into these movies. Um, but no, I think I obviously could talk about this forever. I could go on. Um, but I think we hit a lot of good points and I hope, um, these movies aren't perfect and, um, you do have to, I think both watch them with a critical eye and be able to enjoy the spirit of the holidays a little bit, but I hope everyone, um, listening to this at least spend some time watching a, a shitty holiday movie this year. Yeah. <laughs> and I think after this, after this, we year, all need it. Deserve it. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks, Christy. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. I, I, you know, as much as I hated with the movie, I, I really enjoyed watching it, uh, which is maybe what they're going for. Thanks. Thanks for letting me talk about this forever. And you'll have to tell me what your mom says when you break this Wizard of Oz news to her. Yeah, it's going to blow her mind.